Welcome to day 10 of the 12 days of Christmas. Hey guys, welcome back to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. This is your host, Eleni, and as always, I'm so grateful to have you here with me today. Today, we have an extra special guest. Well, all my guests are special, but I think this is the only guest that I have had on for this uh, this Christmas season that I actually know in person, which is very exciting. Um, her name is Nutrition by Vicky on Instagram. If you haven't already heard all of our previous episodes, please go back and listen to them. Um, I will link her Instagram handle in the show notes, as always, with her website information. But Vicky, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. It's always so exciting to have you on. And I love the perspective that you bring from like the mom and and baby and children kind of relationship and how important, uh, you know, our relationship with food is and how that impacts those of like, you know, the young ones around us. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about how um, the experience of diet culture gets passed on to the younger generations, mm-hmm. which we were saying is like such an important topic. And you were just talking about how like, <laughs> we were just talking about how you know, one of your clients just recently said, like, you told them, like, okay, like, you experienced this from, like, other people around you, like, you weren't born with these thoughts. For sure. Um, You know, especially during the holidays, I feel like things always come up, too. It's like such an anxiety provoking time, um, just because, you know, families get together, and everybody's talking about how many calories are in food, and like, we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be eating this, or our diet starts tomorrow. Um, you know, it's just, it's a cycle, right? Like we talk about these things, our moms talk about them, our family, everybody, we can't just get around and gather around and just enjoy a meal. Um, you know, and it has to start somewhere. So unfortunately, when we start talking about these things, our kids are listening. And it's just such an important thing to remember is that like our kids are always listening. Um, and the things that you say, unfortunately, you know, they learn And they learn and they grow up to be the same, you know, person basically that you're becoming and like the way that you feel around food and the way that you feel around your body. And, you know, they become insecure with their themselves. They become verbally abusive to their partners. Like how, you know, it's just like, it's a vicious cycle of commenting on people's bodies and um, feeling insecure about like the way that you look. So it's really important to have like a very neutral stance around food and body image um, not just all year around the holidays, but all year as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it becomes a point where like everything that we learned, like from growing up from those around us, isn't necessarily just like what people verbally told us or what we, you know, heard from people talking about. It's like actions, it's unspoken type of things where like, you know, like, if your mom is constantly working out and you see how she's like not eating, you know, with the family or eating something different, you know, like if your mom was on a diet, like she would have like one meal for the family and then one meal, um, like for herself kind of thing. Like I remember my mom at some point, excuse me, which I cleared my throat before guys. I'm sorry. You know, I'm on the men's from the Rona (laughs) I apologize. It's disgusting, but you know, we do what we got to do. Um, I remember my mom did, was it Jenny Craig or something? And so like, she would have like these like little frozen meals and then like, we would be eating like the other meal, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's just like all those things resonate with 
children and younger people and like it just becomes part of them where like it just becomes like embedded in our DNA so to speak where like that's like what we consider to be normal and then it impacts like what we do into our you know adulthood and then how we handle food issues with like children like our children or you know you know younger children around us yeah for sure I mean if you're a parent who or it not even have to be a parent it can be an aunt an uncle a role model like children look up to to their family members to the people in yeah. their lives right so if you are a person who you know makes comments about their body or you know even like your own you might not ever say anything about the child's body but if you're feeling insecure and you're like oh my arms are too flabby my stomach is too this whatever children unfortunately learn that like in order for them to feel loved like their arms have to look a certain way otherwise they're gonna then you know not be loved by that person because their body is starting to change and look a certain way so you know it's really important that we keep that neutrality around you know, around ourselves and around our children so that they learn to be better, essentially, you know, and if you think like, they're literally always watching, like they're watching, they're copying, like my kids are always copying and doing what I do, like, you know, so I mean, I'm fortunate enough that my mom was never really, she was never a chronic dieter, but I have it like through other aspects in my family. Like, you know, my dad is very like super health, health focused, like to a point that it's kind of like unhealthy and like, you know, my Mm. grandma, um, you know, it's like they feed you and then they're like, oh, eat, eat, eat. Oh, but you're not eating enough. Oh, but then you gained weight. Make sure not to eat that. That's not for a diet. And she still does it like till this day. And it's just like, so frustrating. Um, yes. And I'm sure, excuse me. And like, you know, in previous episodes, when we talked about like your relationship with food and how like you healed that and things like that, and the struggles that you had, like everything that you experienced was because of those around you. It wasn't like something that like you no. were born with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what when we talk about like making sure that the young ones around us are developing on a he- in a healthy manner in terms of like their relationship with food and their relationship with their bodies and themselves, it also impacts their relationships with others. Mm-hmm. You know, so like exactly. um like I have clients where you know, if their partner makes comments about their bodies, um, it's like, you know, I explained to them, it's not about you. It's about like what they were taught from other people. And it's like, not okay. And it should be addressed. Um, But it, it, it becomes a tough time, especially around the holidays, when you have all that other external diet culture pressure about, you know, oh, it's the new year. Are you going to focus on your health? I'm going to lose 20 pounds or I'm going to change my lifestyle or change my diet or, oh, my diet starts Monday. My diet starts January 1st. So I'm just going to go crazy and binge on all the holiday food instead of just like enjoying it and moving on, you know, enjoying the holiday, enjoying the culture, enjoying the tradition, enjoying the memories. Like I, you know, I posted something yesterday, like memories supersede dieting. Like, you know, yesterday with my kids, we went um, driving around the neighborhood and we had hot cocoa and marshmallows and, you know, like with whole milk and real chocolate and all of these things. And, you know, I just, I feel sad for, you know, people who don't feel comfortable being able to enjoy that memory because I don't want my kids to be like, oh, well, my mom didn't drink that or eat that because, you know, they were always on it. She was always on a diet, yeah. or always on a diet or whatever. And, you know, um, 
it was just such a fun memory, you know, and it's such like a core memory that they'll remember like, oh, we used to drive around and drink hot cocoa yeah. and the lights and sing. And, you know, it's so much more than just like a calorie or, you know, just nutrition or health, like it's mental health too. Yeah, of course. And like, I think it's such a, like, like for you, it was like such a small moment that for someone who like never struggled with their relationship with food, like probably would have overlooked. They would never understood. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because like, I saw that you posted it and it was so king had like the little mugs or whatever. Um, And I was just thinking like, I don't even like, I personally don't like hot chocolate. Like, I don't know. I'm a weirdo. Like I could take a sip or two and then I'm good. Yeah. It's just not really my thing. But the point is, is that like, if I if I was a child like I would want to be able to enjoy it and see like my parents enjoying it exactly. enjoy the experience exactly um and so I think it's it's sad what diet culture robs from us and then how that trickles down to our children mm-hmm. you know and so like when you see like oh my mommy you know doesn't eat with us she you know you know, eat something separate, like it may not be something that they're verbally going to notice. And it's not something that you're telling them, but they recognize it. They do. And unfortunately, like most of the time, I would say that the trauma carries on into adulthood. Like most of the women that I've worked with trying to heal, and I'm sure, you know, like trying to heal their relationship with food, getting to the core of it, whether they know about it or not, Mm. um, it always comes up at some point that it's, and it, like you said, it's influenced from somebody, whether it be their mom, their grandmother, their aunt, their whoever, who always consistently made comments about them. You know, like I have a client that I've been working with and we got down and she knew, like she was one who knew where her issues stem mm-hmm. from, you know, and it was her mom who she said from as early as like six or seven, she remembers her mom commenting on her body because her mother was always on a diet. Her mom was always on a diet or um, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Slim Fast, whatever. And then made her daughter do it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, and now today she struggles so much with like body image and chronic dieting and, you know, a terrible relationship with food because she feels like these foods are bad, you know? And it's like, yeah. so unfortunately, like, like I said, they're always listening. They're always watching everything we do and we say, um, you know, like it's super traumatizing. Um, 100%. Diet culture trauma is a real thing. It's so I mean, traumatizing. Like when I look at the root of like my mental health issues, I could, I could vividly remember being like seven or eight years old and like knowing that I was in a larger size body and like my sister wasn't. And so like she was allowed to have like more cookies than I was. And like, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but like, I just feel like even if I wasn't a dietitian and I didn't have this, you know, knowledge, why would you single out one child from the next? Like, and it's I the mean, worst thing that you can do. It's like totally so messed up for the kids because yeah. now you're compa- you're like putting a competition between 100%. the two, like a, ri- a sibling rivalry. You're, you're like, um, isolating one child you're making the one child feel bad. Like that's your body is different than you're genetically different. Even if you were identical twins, like you're, you're genetically different different. human beings, like mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. So it's like what you do for one, you should always do for the other, especially around food. Like you should never 
make the other child who is whether or not being a smaller or bigger body feel a different way about um, food or about what they're eating. And we shouldn't be commenting on their bodies because just like as an adult, like I can't tell you how much to eat. You know, I don't know. I'm not in your body just because genetically you're different doesn't make you any worse than the other person. Correct. But of course, the way we grew up and the way like our families grew up, thinness was superior, right? So we were in like a little bit bigger or a little bit different, maybe like, you know, wider hips or a little bit, you know, bigger, bigger, whatever, different, just genetically different. And like society and our families made us feel as though we were not good enough, you know? And that goes even like for people who are in thin, small bodies too. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody who is in a thinner body gets the the verbal abuse too. Like, oh, you don't eat enough. You do, you know, you need to eat more. And like, that's anxiety provoking too. I mean, I, I know somebody who as a child, their mother used to force them to eat because they were too thin, quote unquote, you know, like, wow. and that anxiety now manifested later in life that she has such anxiety around food because she's like, well, I feel so much pressure around food that it gives me so much anxiety that I don't even want to eat anything. Yeah, of course. I mean, all of that leads to disordered eating and it also leads to the inability for us to be able to listen to what our body is telling us. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the most long-term types of things that I work on with my clients, and I'm sure you do as well, is, you know, helping them get back in touch with what their hunger and fullness cues are and things like that. And to like kind of let go of that fear. Um, And, you know, one of the intuitive eating principles of giving yourself unconditional permission to eat food, which is like the most terrifying part so where terrifying. like you're going Somebody to- with a disordered eating. It's the most terrifying thing exactly and so it should be the same way for children like you should you know obviously provide them with a variety of different foods and you know they can make a choice if they're finished and they're done and you know they're Mm -hmm. full let them you know get up from the table and I think a lot of misconception around children is like especially younger children and you could probably speak to this you know also from personal experiences that like like younger toddlers don't want to sit for a whole meal. No. Oh my gosh. There's so many, so many running jokes that they like fidget a lot and they want to get up and it's so true. But, um, kids literally don't want to sit and eat (laughs) and they get so bored, um, especially during holiday meals. And this topic came up actually in, um, in a mom group chat that I'm in for my neighborhood the other day, they were so stressed out because, all the moms were like, oh my gosh, my kid doesn't eat. My kid doesn't eat. I'm, you know, crying, stressing, whatever. But kids are the most, in, like the best intuitive eaters. And of course there's, right, there's other, um, you know, factors that come into play Correct. with picking, eating and things like that. But all of that aside, children are generally speaking, very intuitive. And it's unfortunately diet culture and us pressuring kids that makes their, um, you know, intuitive, intuitiveness really kind of dwindle or we put the stress on them so then they don't want to eat unfortunately like all that pressure and all that stress Mm -hmm. they feel it too so then meal times become stressful and like there's so much pressure around it so it's really important to stay neutral and to yes offer your kids food offer your kids nourishment you know they're not going to always want to eat 
three times a day, like, or maybe one day they'll eat more and one day they'll eat less, but it's really important that we um, stay neutral so that we can continue to help them grow and really learn their hunger and fullness cues. Yeah. And like making comments like, oh, you didn't eat enough. Like you have to fin- sit here and finish your food. Right. Um, I, I don't think I I've ever said that to my kids ever. Well, thank goodness. But unfortunately- because I'm my personal trauma, like, these- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like hyper aware. I'm hyper aware. Yeah. Um, and I think like on the other side is like, wow, you still want more. You finished your whole plate, like on both right. ends. You're making You're some still sort of- hungry. That comment I've heard so many times. And I think a lot of people don't realize how triggering that could be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I hear yeah, that a I'm lot. Still hungry. Okay. Not a, a child probably wouldn't say that, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, right. <laughs> don't comment on what anyone ever eats ever, mm-hmm. ever, 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 ever. It doesn't matter how old they are. And, you know, I see it too, like friends and family and, you know, people being like to their kids, how are you still hungry? And I'm like, how are you growing? Right. I'm like, they're growing. Maybe they didn't have a good meal beforehand. Um, you know, maybe they they exercise, maybe they were running a lot more than normal. They're growing. They're going through a growth spurt. Who cares? Maybe they're just enjoying the food, but you commenting on, I can't believe you're still hungry or whatever makes the situation worse. Now you're putting such a, like, it's like a taboo around the food, right? You're oh my God, well, why is this food so special? Um, so the yeah. next time, like if they do feel hungry, they're going to feel, or it, it may take a few times for a statement like that, but they may feel like in their heads, they're like, okay, wait, the last time I asked for that, you know, I got turned down. So I'm not going to ask for that again. And then like, let's say they go to their friend's house for a play date and then their parents like, you know, aren't so strict with food or whatever you want to call it. That's when they're going to like start binging. Exactly. And I have clients who have had that exact experience where their parents wouldn't keep foods and like certain foods in the house because they were labeled as bad. And when they were on their own or independent or with, you know, without their parents, they would literally binge and go crazy because they were like, Oh my God, I don't have these foods. Like these are not, you know, quote unquote, good or healthy foods. Yeah. Like I never remember, like I never baked cookies with my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, she never really ate that stuff. She would say like, no, like I can't eat that. Or like, we just knew like, it, it's just something that I always remembered, you know, from her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, like, I thought about the hot chalk and I was like, so, like, did I ever do stuff like that? Like, no, like, because my mom struggles and continues to struggle so much with her relationship with food. And she, you know, is is in that place because of, like, my grandmother and how my grandmother was. Yeah. Um, And so it just really, like, trickles down. And I'm grateful, like, that I'm in a place where I'm not going to pass that on to like my future children. Right. Um, but I think it's like being very careful with what you say. And even if you think it's like an innocent comment, right. don't say it. And also like speak up and stand up for like yourself as much as you can. And for your kids, like if you're at a family event and a family member says something, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have children yet, but like if someone did, I would definitely kill them whoever yeah I can I can certainly say that if I'm at a family event or an event and I hear somebody saying something negative about like what their kids eating even if they're not my own (laughs) I still will speak up and you know it depends on like the situation or whatever I'll try to like make light of it um 
but I think it's really important that like parents do become aware of like how, how, like the things that, how, and what they say really affect their kids. Yeah. Like, and obviously it's usually not like a one-time thing, right? You're not <laughs> parents. Are, it's if they say it out in like an event or at a holiday function, I guarantee you that's not the first time they've said something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I haven't dealt with that stuff, but so maybe you could share a little bit of your experience. Cause I know in the past, like you've talked about how you offer the dessert with the meal mm-hmm. and like, I think that's so genius. And I, sometimes I do that too for myself as a grown up, um, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I think it would be great to hear your insight, like from your own personal experience as a mom, mm-hmm. um, like what do you do in those situations like okay like what if you're like sitting down for like a holiday meal with like your family and your kids like what do you do with them oh my god so holiday meals are the hardest and it's funny because I've talked about this recently with like friends and whatever holidays are chaotic they're overstimulating for us as adults yeah and they're so overstimulating for kids like kids are they're overstimulated they're overly excited they're with their cousins their friends or maybe they're anxious right maybe they're not comfortable in the scenario that they're at maybe they're at an unfamiliar home or whatever so be prepared to have your kids not want to eat um it's totally normal. Like a, either they're running around playing with their cousins, maybe that they haven't seen, maybe they're anxious because the food's a little bit unfamiliar. Um, you know, new foods, we cook certain foods that are not their staples that they're comfortable around. Um, so I would say be prepared to have your kids not really want any food. How can you go into that? Maybe make sure that they have something prior, um, you know, have a good breakfast, have a good lunch, offer them snacks. Um, and then also be prepared to bring like a safety item um, you know, at the end of the day, like if like your kids don't really eat dinner, cause mine honestly don't, unless there's like Mac and cheese usually on like a holiday, um, or they'll have the dessert and it's totally fine. Like I let them, I'll, pa- I'll pair it with like a glass of milk so that they get a little bit of protein and it's like a little bit more satiating for them. Um, but yeah, I would say be prepared for your kids not to eat. And if your kids don't eat, it's totally normal. Like you're not alone in this situation. Um, but then as far as, um, you know, like I would say every day, like a day-to-day basis, like I do like to give my kids dessert often. Um, I wouldn't say like, you know, three times a day. My kids love, my son loves sweets. And he tells me all the time, he like licks his lips. He's so funny. He's like, I love sweets. I love sweets. And I'm like, yeah, they're really good. Like, they are tasty and I do enjoy them too. You know, um, I explained to him now he's at an age where he can understand, um, you know, why it's also important to eat nourishing foods. Um, and you know, we can't have candy and sweets all the time, but we need other foods to give us energy as well. So I'll either pair like dessert with dinner. Usually sometimes he asks for it earlier on in the day. And I noticed that if I don't give him that craving, it kind of intensifies this, which is something that like we talk about, you know, with our clients, like it, yeah. it will need to intensify and then they don't stop asking for it. So, you know, if it's like an unrealistic craving, I'll be like, oh, you know, that sounds really good. Maybe we can have that with dinner. Um, or if it's something like, like a chocolate or whatever, maybe I'll add like chocolate to a piece of bread, like Nutella to a piece of bread and give it to him at breakfast. So that like that sugar sweet craving kind of is satisfied. Um, but just making it really neutral, I think is really important. Yeah, for sure. And like, so like if they, so like you're, so you were talking about how they don't 
like a lot of like okay I understand like they're in a new setting whether it's at a restaurant or at home oh yeah or like at like someone's house so like when so like do you bring something with you for them to eat not necessarily no and especially like a restaurant's I would say a little bit easier because like they usually have safety foods and it's funny because adults usually are like oh these are the items on like the kids menu and it's like yeah but these are like their safety foods they recognize it they recognize them it's more about like being feeling safe and comfortable around foods like unfamiliar unfamiliar unfamiliarity I can't even say that unfamiliarity right (laughs) is that is that right I don't know feeling unfamiliar or being unfamiliar yeah. with a food item is anxiety provoking for a child. Yes. Um, so like if you give them like a piece of salmon with like broccoli and potatoes, they don't normally eat that. Like they're not going to touch it because it's a lot of very unfamiliar foods. Um, but like for a holiday party, I would say, um, you know, for me, it's a little bit different because it's, it's like we go to our family. So we always like kind of scope out the scene and like, I'll always make like a safety dish that I know like the kids will enjoy like a mac and cheese. or Okay. So you bring some, like you'll bring a dish that you know that they will eat. Yeah. Or like my family will make something that like their kids will also eat. So it's kind of like a safety, but I mean, it could be as simple as like, you know, making sure there's like, I don't know, bring like a milk with you or like a yogurt or something that you know that they'll eat so they don't go hungry because it is going to be like lots of hours, right? And then when you get to bedtime, they are going to be hungry. Um, So you can just like either bring something or just, I would say just expect for them to like just eat bread and butter and like try not to overthink it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think it. I think that we should recognize that it's like not the end of the world. It's really not like it's they'll literally eat like three rolls and like a half a stick of butter, you know, but if I would say I I would prepare to nourish the kids like throughout the day so that you try not to like overstress about the situation when you're there at dinner time. And like, how do you know that it's normal? It's very normal. I think that's like such a good point. And then like it, like, and I'm sure because, you know, we are Greek and I'm sure like your family has their opinions and their comments, like, and then they're like, you know, oh, so-and-so, like, why aren't you eating? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, your kids shouldn't have to like fend for themselves. No, God, no. Yeah. I mean, I definitely always stick, like I said, I always stick up for my kids and I'll stick up for the other kids too. Um, You know, and I feel like holiday meals are kind of served at like a weird time. Yeah. like for us, we eat at like four. Yeah. Like we don't eat dinner at four o'clock. So what I usually do is like if we're if like the adults are ready to eat, I don't never pressure them. For me, I don't pressure my kids to sit and eat with us. I'll say if you want to sit down, you can. We're sitting as a family. Come hang out with us. If your body's not hungry yet, you don't have to eat. And then I'll make a plate and save it for them for like a little bit closer to like what their dinner time would be. Yeah, like, that's smart. Um. Good tip. Yeah. And then like, I just try to keep all diet talk neutral around like what they're, what he's eating. Um, and if there's like any comparison around like what my son's eating versus like a cousin or whatever, I like really shut it down and I'll just say like, Oh, well, his body is a little bit different, you know, than his cousin's body. Maybe, you know, he needs a little bit more. He's not so hungry or maybe, you know, the other one is hungrier than, than my son. So he's eating more, um, you know, but they're entitled to eat at their discretion, you know, yeah. how much their body feels. And yeah. also two portion sizes really make a difference for toddlers, which is something that I feel like being Greek, <clears throat> we over serve our kids. We over serve ourselves. 
is just normal, like in our culture to overserve. Yeah. But again, back to like children, they get overstimulated at not overstimulated. They get like very anxious when there's too much food on their plate. It's almost like overwhelming, overwhelming. overwhelming. Thank you. That's the word. They're very overwhelmed with the portion that's on their plate. Um, so when they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling unsafe. They don't want to eat it. So I would say less is more, you know, and then it yeah. also kind of helps the parents too, because if you serve your kid a serving size, that's enough for a grown adult for a four-year-old, and then they don't eat all of it. Parents get so triggered, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, what did you eat? You didn't eat enough. You need to have a few more bites. You need to have a few more bites. And I'm always like, you served your child <laughs> enough for a grown adult. Yeah. They're cool. No, that's a good point as well. So yeah, I think that like those are, small. those are all like important, I think, especially around the holidays where these things happen more frequently. Um, and then like, I don't know if like your eldest is old enough to like start recognizing things, but like, I know like, you know, he goes to school mm-hmm. and stuff like, has he ever come to you with like comments or questions about like food related stuff or like body image type of stuff. Not that he, you know, would like be able to assess like his own body image, mm-hmm. but like, you know what I mean? Like ha- yeah. have the questions started yet? You would be really surprised. Like it, it, they're very influenced too by their, their teachers and the schools. Yeah. Not so much in the school he's in right now, but in his other school. Was that it, the one it, who sent you the letter? Yeah. <laughs> so the, his pre, he was in a, different school before and I'll just say that like you know he would say that his his teachers would tell him oh you have to eat a little bit more have a few more bites and he would tell me oh at lunchtime so and so you know said I had to have a few more bites and I feel like I've noticed him like when I come when he comes home and I open his lunchbox and he he almost I feel like senses like a little bit of shame like I feel like there's a little bit of shame around hmm me opening his lunchbox and um, he's always like, you know, oh, I didn't like, he'll say he didn't eat very well. And I'm like, no, you listened. And I just reinforced, no, you listened to your body. Your tummy said it was full. Cause he's like, oh, I didn't finish my sandwich because they would do it at school. Mm. And I just reinforce him like, just like reiterate the fact that like, you don't have to eat everything. And I tell him that, you know, you don't have to eat everything on your plate. It's really important if your tummy says it's full you know, we stop when we're full. That's it. And he's had experiences or circumstances where he has eaten too much. And he's like, Oh, my tummy hurts because it's really full. And so I just like to remind him that, you know, it's important that we slow down and we can have these foods anytime, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's really funny when he's like, my tummy's full. My mommy says I can have these foods anytime. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so cute. And then like, what do you do with the teachers? Because like, I think I would kill someone if they ever said anything. Oh yeah. I have a mom friend who reached out about that, um, recently and, and said that, uh, cause then her daughter doesn't eat in school either. Yeah, cause then so it makes them feel like a, they're being sing- singled out. They're being told something different than what they're watched. used to be. That's yeah. so creepy. Who are they to tell your kids what, how much to eat? I know I seriously. Yeah. So I, oh I God. like, I mentioned it to her and I just said like, you know, if it comes up, you can just say like, this is how, um, this is how we do it at home. I really want her to have a positive relationship with food. Like, please try to keep food neutral. We don't force her to finish or eat another bite or eat anything at all. 
Um, you know, we just really try to keep the, the diet talk and like the verbiage neutral around food, or we don't say, oh, you have to eat your vegetable before you eat your sandwich or before you have dessert. Um, you know, and I think yeah. it's really important for parents to remember, like you know, your kids, yeah. and you are entitled to speak up for your kids. Like I know this mom has like, she felt shame because she's like, well, I'm not a child psychologist and I'm not a dietitian and I'm not a food specialist. I'm like, but you're your child's mom and you know, your kid best Yeah. So if it is something that makes you or your kid feel uncomfortable. Please speak up about it, you know, because it's not just us. Like we can do yeah. our part at home, but just like raising a human being, like there's other influences around them um, that are also going to influence them. And, you know, we have friends and like teachers and colleagues and whatever. So it's really important to build that foundation at home and stop it when you can. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think, you know, sometimes like parents may feel like, you know, if they're struggling with their own relationship with food and then they're working on like trying to create a healthy environment for their kids. And then like, they don't want to like rock the boat you know, in school or whatever, but it's like, I think it's so important like that you should. You should speak up. Absolutely. You should definitely always speak up if something makes you uncomfortable. And obviously it's the approach, like don't approach the situation aggressively, have like a, you know, a new, like a calming approach about it. Don't, um, you know, attack the other person, just make it about like, you know, this is how we do things at home. I would really appreciate if, you know, we kept it consistent at school because we're really, you know, we want her to have a positive relationship around food and with her body, it's important that we raise her that way. Um, you know, she feels the pressure and she's not eating anything. He, she, whomever, you know, the child might Mm be, um, please, you know, try not to, um, pressure, please don't pressure my child to eat, you know? Yeah. I guess like the first time I'll be nice. And then after that, I'm not yeah. going to be nice. Exactly. Exactly. And, like I generally am like a very, very nice person, but like also <laughs> <laughs> like I can't stand when people like, I guess like cross boundaries. I think mm-hmm. because for so long I was very like, you know, wishy-washy about stuff, but now I'm like, no, Oh like, yeah, I'll send a note you... every day. Yeah, right. Like, don't do that. Especially like, growing up like if your boundaries were always crossed and you weren't allowed to have like to hold a boundary like for us growing up it was like you can't you can't speak up you can't say anything like you just have to deal with it um but now like we're learning that it's really important to hold a healthy boundary and that kind of goes for your kids too like it's important that your kids know yeah you know they can they can deny food you know like my kids have said no like, I don't want any more. I'm not going to push them. I don't know their body. I don't know what exactly. they're feeling. You know, like my son, half the days, especially lately, he hasn't really been eating very much breakfast, like very much of his breakfast, maybe just like a couple bites. Um, And, you know, some people think that like breakfast is the most important meal of the day and blah, 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 and whatever. But it's really important that like, you know, he's learning that maybe he's not so hungry right now because there is a lot of pressure in the morning to get ready and to go to school and to be on time. And so maybe he's feeling that pressure and it's kind of not wanting him to eat. So what I'll do is I'll make sure, you know, that he has a good snack, uh, like a filling snack and same thing with lunch and kind of make up for it the rest of the day. I don't push him to eat more 
than you know than yeah. what your body can handle in that moment of time. Excuse me, and yeah, and I think that's actually a good point. Like feeling the pressure from the morning. I didn't even. Th- I mean, I should have realized that like kids obviously feel that as well. Um, but like I think about like a lot of my adult clients. A lot of them don't like to eat breakfast. They're not mm-hmm. hungry when they first wake up and they're getting ready to like right. leave for work. So like, why would kids? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I don't in the morning too, just like you said, I feel the pressure myself because I'm trying to get everybody ready. They feel it too. They, you know, they know it. So, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, getting them a smoothie in the car to go or, you know, offering them a breakfast. If they don't really want too much of it, that's fine. Most kids, especially like toddler age, they have a snack pretty much within like the hour of them going to school. Make sure it's a heartier snack and pack like a healthy, like a, a heartier lunch so that they have more variety to fill them up. Like I always make sure that his lunches are stacked because lately I noticed he's not eating too much breakfast. I love seeing the lunches that you pack. I'm like, I wish that was my lunch because it's <laughs> so cute. It is. And I like if you guys aren't already following Vicky on Instagram, you have to. Of course, I'll leave her handle in the show notes. But it's like so cute the way that you and then like you write like why you give a him like each of those things. And then I love when you show like what it comes back with. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's realistic to show like, okay, well, he only had like three bites of this and he ate exactly. like everything else. Exactly. And it fluctuates. Kids fluctuate every day, you know, like just like we do. I'll, you know, it's so funny. I had an experience one time with a family member. We went out to lunch and um, she was like pressuring her daughter to eat like mm-hmm. broccoli, but her daughter had eaten broccoli. They, like, we were on vacation together and her daughter had eaten broccoli every single day since they were on vacation. It was like the only like vegetable I think that the mom had made. So when we went out to dinner, I mean, to lunch rather, she got like this bowl with like, you know, she was like six at the time, I think with like mushrooms and broccoli and sweet potatoes. And she ate everything but the broccoli, but the mom could not get over the broccoli. And I stopped her and I was like, um, I was like, do you, I was like, you didn't choose broccoli. Why didn't you choose broccoli? And she was like, well, I had it like every day this week. And I was like, yeah, do you think maybe that she's feeling that same feeling that you are, you know, like, she also had broccoli every single day this week. You use your intuitiveness to realize that you didn't want broccoli today because yeah. you had it every day this week. Do you think maybe she's also sick of it? This is a good point. You know, I, I think people have to realize that like kids are little humans and like not robots. Yeah. And they have their own feelings. And there's there's very few like medical related issues where like a child will not eat like at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are very rare cases. And those are addressed with addressed with like separately but I mean just like regular kids living their (laughs) life like it's completely normal yeah that's a good point with the whole broccoli thing and you're like well you didn't choose broccoli like maybe that's why they didn't choose broccoli right maybe because they too have had broccoli every single day this week and they are also sick of it (laughs) yeah that's such a good point (laughs) you don't want broccoli for the fifth day in a row and I was like, look, she's eating mushrooms. Like, that's a big deal for yeah, a Yeah, I, I was like, you're mushrooms. like, they eat mushrooms and sweet potatoes. I'm like, that's pretty good. Like, that's, that's what I said. I was like, give her, cut her some slack. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, Are there any other like thoughts that come to your mind that you want to share with the listeners? Um, I would definitely say, you know, especially around the holidays, try to just, you know, try to take a deep breath the holidays are so there's so much pressure for all of us. Like we feel it. I'm feeling it. There's so much pressure. Um, 
you know, and just try to remember that our kids are feeling it too. And around the holidays and the parties and things like that, just know that you're not alone. Um, if your kids aren't eating, right. Because all of our kids are all the same way. Expect them to eat bread and butter. <laughs> you know, Sometimes it's very, that's all I eat, to be honest. Amazing. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they're in an unfamiliar situation, yeah. just be expect that it is very normal. And like, you are not alone. Your kids are not the only kids who are not eating a holiday meal and then only wanting dessert later on. <laughs> very normal. I feel um, like that's me as an adult. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's also like very overstimulating to have like a lot of people and a lot of noise, like even for like us. Yeah. So imagine how that feels to be like a little person. Like, I feel like that would be overwhelming. So overwhelming. And like so many adults and like maybe people that you don't see all the time, or maybe, um, you know, like I said, the scenarios are different. The home is different. It might not be your own home. So you're not feeling very comfortable and, um, you know, just really keeping the body talk to a minimum really like the negative body talk to a minimum. And, you know, please don't pinch your kids tummies or make a comment about like how much they've grown or how, or maybe how much they've grown fine, but please don't comment on a kid that you haven't seen in a year and say like, Oh, you're so big or pinch their tummies or pinch their arms or make, or their cheeks or make comments on how much they're eating. And, you know, especially, especially kids in like the prepubescent age, you know, people love to comment on how, quote, chubby the kids are. And I'm like, do you realize that these kids are preparing for a huge growth spurt? Middle school age kids. They're supposed to be chunky. They're supposed to be because guess what? In a year, they sprout up like crazy, you know? So please don't comment on them. Like my husband, he was, if I see pictures from him in middle school, he was like, out of nowhere got like you know like filled in like got chunky whatever but then over a summer he grew to be like from I think he was like five seven or five eight five like something like you know average to six five in like a whole summer so like his body was doing what it needed to prepare for a huge growth spurt exactly like so please don't make your kids feel insecure (laughs) but that their body is doing exactly what it needs to grow yeah just no body talk ever. Body talk ever. Ever, ever, ever. Like your hair looks good. Did you do something different? Or I love your makeup or your outfit is so cute. Um, there are so many other things that you can say. I haven't seen you in so long. Tell me like a, a child, like without pinching them or whatever. What, like, what are you into these days? Like, maybe you haven't seen them in a year. Like, are you doing any sports for fun? What's your favorite subject? Like, there's so many things that you can say. Yeah, don't ever talk about anyone's bodies ever. Right. Ever, ever, ever. It's just like, oh, it should be like a law. Like, the the most important law of them all. Okay, aside from like not killing people, because that's obviously important too. That's obviously important. (laughs) But like, aside from that. (laughs) Especially because, you know, the... There, like the literature and mm-hmm. just like from experience, like working with clients, not only like the quote unquote, the literature that's proven and like that they talk about, but like for me working with clients, these things start as early as six and eight years old, right? Which is crazy. Like these disordered thoughts and mm-hmm. like eating disorders, like the idea of wanting to be thin, like my niece has even said it like, oh, well, I want to be skinnier or whatever. And I'm like, no, baby, like your body is perfect the way it is. Your body is strong. You are beautiful. 
you know, you don't need um, to be skinny to be accepted in society. Um, so these things start very little. And a lot of people don't realize that um, that they do start so early. Like most people, when they, when they hear that, they're like, wait, what? So little? Like I can't imagine a child as young as like six or eight feeling that way you know, and then it just intensifies, it grows. The more we comment, the more society makes comments, it just grows to an adult who unfortunately now has mental health issues and struggles with body image and eating disorders and, you know, over-exercising, under-fueling. There's enough like shitty health. stuff in this world that like right. kids have to grow up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're, they just, I don't even know what entity did it, but they had like the number one child mortality risk or like killing is like school shootings like that's what like that's what we need to focus our energy towards like keeping our kids safe and right. you know trying to like help them cope with like doing like the shooter drills and all that mm -hmm. stuff like that not worrying about you know whether they shouldn't have a cookie right it's not it's not poison karen like no real cookie like it is food. It is nourishment. There is a place. It provides that, energy. It provides energy. Because like I tell my clients, like calories are energy. Energy keeps our body going. It does. And all forms of energy play a role. Mm -hmm. Especially with kids, like they need that quick energy too. Like that's one thing that we forget. Like they need that quick energy because Jesus, they do not stop moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you broccoli is not going to give them that sustainable energy. If you've watched Vicky's stories at like 7 a.m. on a Sunday with her sons, like making, I don't know. I remember one day you were like, this is 7 a.m. or something. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. They wake up ready to rage, ready to rage. So, like for me, if I'm just serving them like veggies all day long, that's not going to give them the energy they need. And and I think the most important part of this all, this whole thing, is that like they are growing. And if you are not going to give them adequate energy to grow, it's going to stunt their growth to some capacity. So not only are they going to have emotional issues in, around food and their body, um, and things like that. But like there, it could like, I wonder, maybe I would have been taller if I wasn't like on, you know, a diet when I was eight years old. Like maybe I could have been as tall like, as you. Yeah. Right. Physically, <laughs> mentally. I mean, there's so many things like, and if you're not giving them adequate calories and adequate carbs and like things that they need to provide them that energy, they're going to binge on it at some point. Yeah. Well, at that's how point. I learned how to like get the food when I wasn't given it at home when I would go to friend's house like you know I thought it was so crazy that like parents had chips as snacks or like they baked cookies for us like we didn't have that really growing up um and so like when I would go to like our friend's house I remember like overeating things because and feeling so uncomfortable and I guess I didn't you know understand why at the time but like now you know looking back I'm like right. okay it's because like that was food that was restricted I knew that you weren't going to get it again unless you were at your friend's house. And I would receive praise when I wouldn't finish my meal or I would decline a snack. So like, that's what I would do to get that praise, like from my mom or my, yeah. Right, when maybe um, you might've been a little bit hungry still. Oh no. Yeah, I definitely was. But like, I wanted th them to be happy. I wanted them to think that I was trying to actively that's lose all weight. All kids want is for us to love them and accept them as they are. So whatever the parameters are. Yeah. 
you know, they'll do whatever it takes exactly. for them to feel as though we love them and we're proud of them. Exactly. So I know my family loved me and loved me, but of course, but they also didn't know, right? Like I said, it's generational trauma. It's, yeah. it's passed on and they didn't, you know, it's their insecurities, unfortunately falling on your shoulders. And exactly. Just- so they screwed me up, but hopefully, well, I definitely will not pass this on to but anyone look, else. But look at like, as right. I mean, obviously you and I have our, you know, issues around food and things like that, but I am so I would say grateful because yep. look how many people that we're able to help and like reach, exactly. and, you know, I can't tell you how many people thank me for like bringing such a different view to food and to body image and, you know, starting it from children, like from yeah. children and like letting women know that it's okay to look the way you do, you know? Yes. I love that so much. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us for the 12 days of Christmas special. It was so great to have you back. And we, of course, will have you back again because you're a recurring uh, part of the podcast. But thank you guys for listening. Again, I will leave all of Vicky's info in the show notes. Please follow her if you aren't already. She has amazing recipes that she posts all the time where I'm like, can I just like, can you just mail it to me? Like make this and mail it to me. Um, so please, please, please give her a follow. Um, and I will see you guys for the next day. Thank you.